Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, different types of roles. So we've uh, talked to business people like we are going to today. Uh, we've talked to athletes. We've talked to um, people that have uh, had experiences or inventions in their area um, that have really moved the needle. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're going to take away um, different bits of information, different pieces of people's success, and see how they apply to our lives. So um, we're going to do some more of that today. Just before we get into um, this, the uh, episode, a uh, couple of quick things. Jazz HR is uh, one of our supporters. And uh, uh, as you've probably heard, if you listen to a few of the podcasts, is especially now that things are starting to open up a little bit in businesses, if you are a small or medium-sized organization and you're looking to be able to hire or find some help in doing that, um, they're an applicant tracking system. And, uh, and they have things where they can help schedule interviews. They uh, um, also have have um, the ability to send out advertisements for those jobs in all the different platforms. So, so if it's something that you think might interest you, just go to our website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com. And there's a link on there. Go take a look at it and see if it's for you. Um, the other side is, is that we also know there are a lot of people who are out of work or are thinking of making some changes now that uh, the economy is starting to kind of move again. Um, and uh, Epitome HR is one of those places who've put together some career uh, um, packages. And uh, so one of the things we found is a lot of people have great backgrounds, great ideas of what they want to sell in interviews and things like that. And they sometimes just need a little help with how do they package it? What are organizations looking for? That kind of thing. Um, so def definitely take advantage of that as well. Um, same website, just go on and, and you'll see it there as well and see if any of that makes sense for you, especially if you're getting ready to, to get yourself back in the market. Um, so today, I'm really happy to be able to, um, to talk to um, Tim Schaff. He's the president and CEO of uh, Commonwealth Mutual Insurance Group. Um, Tim, as you'll find as we go through this, is a really a community-linked and developed leader. Um, he has spent over 20 years um, building a deep leadership career in his industry and um, with companies uh, like Algoma Mutual and Farmers Mutual and now Commonwealth. Um, Tim is also a, a real community group leader in that he has membership on governing bodies and is an active member uh, in his local hospital board as well. Um, he has been working in his organization to really build a strong culture um, built on leveraging a really cool, strong history, but also moving that forward in a more innovative way. Um, so some great uh, insights I think we're going to get today. So, so first of all, um, thanks for joining us, Tim. This this is, this is great that you're uh, able to hop on with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Jamie. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, um, so usually, I guess the one thing, because you are that kind of top leader and, and CEO leader, so um, a lot of people would be interested in knowing, you know, how did you get there? What, what kind of career path did you take to, to get into the role that you're in now? Well, my career path, I think, was a little anomalous um, yeah. in that, my, my wife said to somebody the other day, she said, uh, I'm a leader that's never been led. <laughs> and, and what it meant is, or what she meant by that was at the age of 25, I took on the leadership of the first organization I was involved with after having been in the industry for a grand sum of 15 months. Wow. And it's not an exercise in good governance. <laughs> that, that was not the way it should be done and probably shouldn't have been done but it exposed me early on to leading people, uh, reporting to a board of directors, albeit of a small entity at the time, and exposed to all aspects of 
an organization rather than being in one business unit, right? Or one silo, you know, yeah. of, of an organization. And from there, I moved to be number two at a larger organization. And then through uh, um, an unfortunate loss of our leader, uh, I've been number one in our organization for the last, uh, I guess, about 16 years or so. Um, and so I have a 20, uh, 26 year career, I guess, yeah. with having been number one and number two through it all. And as a result of that, I think my experience was I had to learn on the job. I've had three distinct opportunities in my life where I was thrown into the deep end of the pool, right? Yeah. And I think that's been more the story of mine as opposed to grooming my talents, cutting my teeth, refining my skills, and then applying and moving up the ladder. I yeah. got handed ladders that were missing the lower rungs and I just had to step you know, up further on it. So that's really been my experience. I don't know if many others, you know, have that that way. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily recommend it as a, as a priority to set out to do it that way. <laughs> but I also look at it, it's been opportunistic, like opportunities have presented themselves to me yep. and I've stepped up and taken advantage of them. And I, the breadth I developed through that and the depth, I would never give up. I, I think I'm better for it. What I do miss is I never had the chance to become a bit more of a subject matter or be known was always more that jack of all trades because you were leading the whole entity. Yeah. And, uh, so that's really been the, the unique exposure that, that I've had through my career. I wouldn't change it, um, but I wouldn't hold it up as this is the way you should expect your career to go because in all likelihood, it probably won't go that way. But I, I think I would say, just be prepared, you know, be prepared for opportunities. And when they come, don't shy away because um, I'm in, been able to experience different things through, my career that otherwise, if I hadn't been able to be exposed to them or take advantage of them, they might not have occurred. Well, and I, I think that's interesting because a lot of um, a lot of people, I think, worry about taking roles that they don't feel 100% ready for or taking opportunities that are a bit of a stretch. And, um, and I, I think what you're saying a little bit is that um, I, I don't know personally if anybody ever feels 100% ready for whatever that next role is. And, and it sounds like, you know, it, it'd be nice to be able to prepare people as much as possible, but you're right, it's being kind of opportunistic when things come up is, is important. I've thought that the way I've looked at leadership is unique to me, but I think some elements are, some elements are more common. And that I think anyone, if they truly admit it, if they're in that leadership role, that there's part of you that feels like, how the heck did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I literally, while well, I'm not at my desk now, thanks to uh, working remote, but I have an aerial picture of the little town where I grew up in Southern Alberta. And what I would do is every team member that would join us, I'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one with them within the first, uh, maybe after the first two months or so. And I show them that picture because I explained to them that while they look at me as the leader, I'm still just Tim Shaw from Etzcom, Alberta, in yeah. my head. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's the part that you always remember where you're from. And I don't know, I, I, think, I think a lot of leaders really don't feel suited for their role, but you feel a commitment. You feel a need for it to be done well, and so you do the best that you can. But it's also easy to beat ourselves up as to how things go wrong and why I couldn't get that through and why the board didn't see it that way. And there's lots of opportunity for beating yourself up too. 
Yeah, you know what? That's it's it's nice to hear though that you have that um, connection with people to understand that you know everybody does have those feelings. The the role might be different, but you do have that. Um, and I think that probably is is part of the reason your organization is the way it is. Uh, from from what I've seen with your organization, there is a a difference in a way that that it really fosters that community feel because um, it is so tied to that. It, is that something you do from a strategy standpoint? Is it just how the business has grown over time? What what's that like, Tim? Our Commonwealth is the is the outcome of an amalgamation of three historical companies, but all three of them went back. They were all started in in between 1895 1896. Yeah, so 124 125 years of history, and mutual insurance companies at that point started because farms and and rural people couldn't get insurance, and so it, it was just a it was a market need. You know, so yeah. people banded together, neighbor helping neighbor right to start it off now we're not in that situation that isn't the circumstance now but i think that is a heritage that has has been with us and it's been really good for 90 percent of the time and it's a challenge for about 10 percent of the time yeah and that's where i think everyone has to understand there's no circumstance or no culture that's perfect i mean i think we all would acknowledge that but it's hard to maybe um it's maybe hard to uh, understand that in the moment and the 90% you know what uh, people helping each other a familial feel um, a strong culture um, uh, a kind caring environment you know committed to more than just you know managing another tenth of a cent of profit you know on each widget or or you know navigating you know my way versus your way yeah but I think the 10% side of it was that you the family feel can get in the way of good business mm -hmm. And so trying to navigate and maintain that culture while at the same time making good business decisions. Yeah. Because family and good business decisions don't necessarily go together that well at times. Yeah. And so I think it's been a very strong heritage, but at the same time, it has been a challenge at points in time that we've talked about and we've had examples of that and been some uncomfortable, you know, conversations, but, you show me an organization that isn't trying to grow or transform itself that hasn't experienced discomfort. And I'll show you one that isn't really trying. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, part of, of whether that works or not is how you build the team around you. So knowing what you've just said about how do I, how do I kind of, leverage the good stuff that we we have and have had and and then also try to be as as innovative and keep up with a pretty competitive industry how do we do those two things um what what kind of things have you done you know pretty um uh, specifically with whether it's your your leadership team or or how your group leads the rest of the organization are there things that you've done to make sure you kind of can leverage those two things as much as possible i think every organization is different and unique but fundamentally, there are some elements that are the same. And I think, you know, leadership matters. So the quality of leadership, um, the empathy that they have for their teams, uh, the approachability that they have, the humility they bring to their roles or not has a big impact on how leadership interacts and sets the culture. And we've had some challenges along the way of finding the, the, right, the right mix. At times, it's been choppier, and we've had more change than I've wanted, would have liked, would have preferred. But at the end of the day, this isn't 
about just keeping individuals happy. It's about creating an organization that's effective. And I think that that leadership um, matters. I think that being heard and being ready to listen as leaders really matters. It's, it's one thing to have the idea and be a subject matter expert, I referenced before, but to really understand, be able to say, well, I don't know. And lead a team and have them trust in you while acknowledging that you don't know. I, 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 that, that's a phrase that I've had in my mind for a while um, that I think is lost in leadership these days, that I think leaders just need to say that a bit more. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. That's why you have a team. Right. right. If, you, if you just have a leader that does everything, you don't need the team. And so I, I think those would be a, a couple things like the, the quality of leadership, the ability to truly, truly listen. And I think bring clarity. Um, I, 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 made a, I made a word up a few years ago, but complexify. There are people that can complexify issues. <laughs> yeah. I want people who can simplify. Because if you can simplify, then people are clear. If you can relate, use an analogy, create that alignment. Oh, I get that now. When I hear that, then as somebody, one of my, um, one of my executives along the way said, then you not only have their minds, but you have their hearts. Yeah. And I said, exactly. You can get both of those. And so I think it comes directly from the quality of leadership. And that quality of leadership, then that, that goes into the quality of teams that they build and the quality of team interactions that they generate. Yeah, and I love that that thought because we always talk about um, how simplicity is important um, in order to get things done. There's there's lots of um, organizations who have a lot of um, plans or things that sound fantastic, but if you go a few levels down, they don't resonate and they don't have that connection. It's often because it's been overcomplicated before it gets there. I mean, you see these things where uh, they have a a twenty page. Um, document on an action plan and it probably could have been done in you know five specific actions but just done it in a repetitive way instead so and, and don't get me wrong I can complexify with the best of them. <laughs> I think we all can so <laughs> but but being very specific about it that's 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 good and um, uh, so the other side is is you know you is developing the talent that you have in the organization so that that way you have those leaders you're talking about and um, you know from um, from your end how have you how have you started to do that how have you started to um, you know take make sure those messages are getting through about being you know simple being uh, uh, being humble um, and being able to, to make sure that they can connect with their employees are there specific things that that you find work well I think I think for a while we expected that we would put our strategy, establish the goals, and then people would see them and they would just naturally carry them out. Yeah. Uh, we, had a, we had an engagement survey a couple of years ago. We do it biannually. And, um, and our, our communication um, was marked down a bit. Our clarity of people and how they connected in the organization was challenged a bit. And over the last two years, we've, we've worked at that. And one of the first pieces was to take our next level of leadership. And then as they're bringing people in below them, bringing that, you know, other, depending on how large your organization is, you know, that next one or two layers be below the senior leadership and just spend time there. First of all, educate, them, right? Make them aware of where their blind spots are, build them a, as a team, you know, support them um, in that way. There's nothing, I mean, I don't think you really need me here today, Jamie, to tell you what it is that needs to be done. I go back to the great, you know, book that was written, all of Pat Lencioni's books that have been written. 
Yep. I find that the principles that are most valuable are actually the simplest and the most boring. But if you can do the simple and the boring well, and not just well, but you, you are it. I have a saying that it's about being versus doing, right? It's one thing to do something or demand something to be done. It's another thing to be it and to expect that it is also going to be by the other individual. I think once we started focusing more on the behavioral aspects, the tendencies, yeah. the presuppositions, the predispositions, and people start to understand. And if you can support that in a consistent way, like if I didn't have a senior leadership team that was effective at supporting that, you can do all the education you want. So there's a fine balance between everything working together well and believe me, I mean, it, it is never perfect. Week to week, it, it, yeah. it isn't perfect. But yeah. I look back and where we've come over the last 15 years, and we've had spurts of growth and opportunity. We've had plateaus. We've had a couple of step backs. But overall, it's kind of like the stock price you want to see. At the yeah. end of it, it's still higher than it was at the start, depending, regardless of how many dips and peaks there were along the way. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what, that's what you want to see. I think a lot of people get very stuck in, in the short term thinking and not seeing that you're building it over time. The other, the other side that you talked about there too, is, um, is building trust. I mean, you know, being able to have those, those different conversations and, uh, um, some of the, the stuff that you're referring to there creates a trust, not just with your own team, but also the people that they're leading by being a lot more open. And I don't remember which book it was from Lencioni, but there was one place I remember reading. It might be in Five Dysfunctions. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, there's one place where he makes the comment, if I recall correctly, we always think about trust that we give our trust to somebody, right? Or they or sorry, they earn our trust. When you've earned it, then I will give it to you. I think as leaders, we're called on to be vulnerable and we're called on to, to show that we set the mark. And so it's about giving our trust, whether or not it's warranted or we're completely comfortable with it, then that's part of our accountability as it is exhibited and we deal with issues as they arise, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that's one of the toughest parts, you know, that I find a lot of people still, I'll, I'll give you my trust when I'm ready. And as a leader, I think you send some unintended messages and my, one of my favorite terms, you create some unintended adverse consequences <laughs> by handling it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so uh, obviously uh, Lencioni was w one of those people that have really impacted kind of your thinking behind leadership. Um, are, is there somebody or some, some other people that you think are, have, have been, you know, big in informing your kind of leadership outlook and, and how you do that? Or, or do you have a couple of examples? Um, I, I would, I would put him at the top and not because he's perfect, not yeah. because I, I think he's, he's the best. I think he's, he's the simplest. And, and, and I think, you know, um, in, in the book, good to great, um, Jim, Collins. Yeah. Collins. I was yeah. trying. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that was the first book I was exposed to, albeit it's a lengthier book, but where it was about making things simple. Um, Lencioni certainly built on that uh, yeah. in my mind. And I've, I've had the opportunity to, you know, interact with a couple other people. One individual did a little executive coaching with me a couple years back and, and helped me kind of appreciate you know, I think all of us think that the way I, the way we think in our minds and the way we see ourselves is the way everybody else thinks and the way everybody else sees us. Yeah. 
and that's not the case. And I had this kind of epiphany one time and talked to this one felony and he explained something to me and I'm like, oh, then he went on. I said, okay, just a minute, go back to that point. What did you just say there? Right. And so I, I think, I think I would say that having people that can really speak clearly into you, they get to know you enough, but they have enough experience themselves. I've never had a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in the back, roles you, how you came into your roles, that that's one big thing, right? Right, but I, I can see the value of that, but yeah. the right mentor, not just somebody that wants to be a mentor, but the, but the person that's prepared to speak truth, yeah. right? The person yeah. that's prepared to, is that what you meant? Or the person that's prepared to say, do you realize how unique you are and how valuable what you just said there is? Yeah. Like all those pieces I think are, are really helpful. So I think it's provided me the opportunity with a couple authors, but also a couple of interactions with people externally to, you know, it's not like you wake up and that happens every week. I can think of like three conversations over the last decade where that happened, but they stick with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how, when you went into, let's say this leadership role or, or kind of one of those, uh, like the top role, is there something that has jumped out as being um, a challenge you weren't expecting? Or what is it that, that is, has been a real kind of eye-opener for you that, that um, you just didn't, didn't anticipate coming into that top leader role? Um, I mean, having taken a business degree, I'd like to think that I knew most of the aspects of a business and what needed to fit together. Yeah. I, I think I probably didn't, I think innately I approach employee relations, uh, interaction with individuals relatively well. But I think the one thing that I didn't realize is the time and effort and intentionality that needed to be spent on the culture, right? On, on the interactions, on, on building relationships. And, and I've been one that I'm, I'm always very careful that I don't want to get too close to people because it may be partly my innate nature, but it's also partly part of the role that at some point in some day where you have to have a conversation that's uncomfortable. And if you become too friendly, you know, um, it, it makes it difficult because my, my commitment is to the organization as a whole, not to individuals. But part of my commitment to the organization as a whole is that I do need to be committed to those individuals. And so what that means on a day to day basis, um, whether it be a couple of years ago, I started coffee chats where I take six, individuals um, below management, right? Just yep. across the whole organization, six at a time and sit down for an hour. Um, I've switched to virtual now with four. I like four because yep. I can see them all on the screen. <laughs> yep. and, um, and I just have a couple questions, what they like about where we're at, what they don't like about where we're at, and then open up the questions to them. And I think what I've found is I've finally hit my stride after so many years as to what comes, what comes naturally is conversation to me but what didn't come naturally was creating the right context for it. I think that's the one thing that probably surprised me that it, it isn't a formula. It's not just about the income statement and balance sheet and financial statements. It's not just about the strategy. It's that people piece. I mean, we all know it's there, but the amount of time and intentionality and effort you need to put into it, I think is something that has taken me a while to learn and appreciate. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And, and the other side would be you have a lot of connections in the community yourself. Um, is that just out of, um, you know, your, is it part of your role or is it something beyond that, that you, you kind of connect with yourself? 
Um, no, it's 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 outside my role. I, it's it's implicit. I mean, I think it's good for a role like mine to to have community connections. Our business is beyond our community, so it can be a bit of a challenge at times. Yep. But I enjoy being engaged. And you know what? There, no matter how small an organization, no matter how different an organization, um, whether it's an industry uh, committee or board or governance role, or it's a community role, you always, first of all, meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise, but you always learn things that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Yeah. And I think for each of those, it's deepened my role. I, I enjoy it. I tend to be a bit of a feast and famine person that I, I get involved and I get involved in too many and then you realize I need to declutter yeah. a bit because it's, you know, and then you declutter and then all of a sudden you have none left and then you have to kind of ramp up again. So, yeah. but I, I, I do enjoy it in moderation yeah. uh, as with everything to just to be connected, but it exposes you and you learn things. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay, so one thing that we ask every guest is um, uh, we want to make sure people can take away a couple of actionable things. They can take away lots already from from what we've went through. But um, uh, if if you if there's somebody there who is um, maybe early in their career and and thinking I I think I'd like to go down that kind of C-suite type of path, um, are there a couple of things that you would suggest they do um, right away that that they can kind of action to to get themselves ready and maybe on that path? Right. Um, I think the, a couple things, I guess three things that I mentioned earlier because I, I, was, I was thinking about them. One, one would be to, to be heard and uh, to, to, or, or to recognize that other people want to be heard and listened to. So if you can enhance that skill, actually listening to, like you will naturally be a place that people would gravitate to because they understand I can talk to them and they get it. They maybe can't solve my problem. I remember there was a there's a lady. I don't want to do a, a a commercial, but a few years ago we had to fly one airline. Yeah. Um, and we had to fly through New York in order to get to Orlando. And we got to New York. We were literally you know 100 yards away from our gate, and we couldn't get there. There was a jet ramp was clogged with planes. By the time we got there, we missed our flight uh, from there. And long story short, wasn't a flight till the next day. Like you gotta be kidding! What are we gonna do? Um, and uh, finally talked to one individual uh, from this air, Canadian airline, and uh, and she just said, you know what? Uh, there's nothing I can do, you know. Um, but then she called. We were in the middle of Times Square, so we decided to stay there for the weekend. We're in the middle of Times Square. My phone rings. It's this Canadian number, and I answered. She said, Hey Tim, it's Margaret. I was just wondering, you know, how did things work out? Did you get on to a flight to Orlando or what do you, I said, no, we're stuck here. We're doing this, whatever. We're just I said, okay, sorry, you know, really, but uh, you know, enjoy your weekend. Right. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. And the next morning I wake up and overnight there's an email in my inbox saying, Hey, you know what, just to make sure everything's safe, I canceled your reservation so that the other airline can't mess it up and yep. reinstated you to come back tomorrow as originally planned. Have a great weekend. Right. She didn't fix my problem. Yep but I had all the respect in the world for her because she listened, she heard, she put herself, she was empathetic, put herself in our shoes and responded that way. If you can do that as an individual with peers, superiors, subordinates, I think that's going to, and, and don't get me wrong, don't act like you're doing it. If you're doing that, then you're not doing it the right way. But if you can legitimately you know, coach yourself and have others hold you accountable to do that, I think that's to lit to actually listen and show others they're being heard and help them, 
I think that's a big step toward uh, toward moving ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's well. And how memorable is it that you know that that person is somebody that's stuck in your mind? And I think everybody, if they think about it, has probably somebody like that. And and it's just making so making sure you're that person at some point is is mm-hmm. huge. So, and, um, and I, I think as you as you climb a ladder, yeah, it can be challenging. That tends yeah. to be forgotten because that's not what it, that's not what our world and business is normally focused on. Right. Yeah, the further you get away from the direct client interaction or customer interaction, you forget that it's it's also that way for your employees. I mean, yeah. I, I, so many CEOs don't understand the impact that they have if they have something to say to somebody who's frontline because it is a, they their weight often carries a lot. Which, if you're in that role, you sometimes don't realize how much just a a word of thank you can mean to somebody who's a subject matter expert at the front line. And yeah. that's sometimes lost, right? Um, well, uh, again, thanks, Tim. This has been great. Um, really appreciate um, all of the the um, uh, great knowledge and in- inspiration you've given us today. Um, is there, uh, if, if people want to connect with you or with your organization, is uh, how do they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the commonwell.ca. Uh, that's commonwell, W-E-L-L. You think about that's where that's where a community started. You needed yeah. water, right? And the the Commonwealth, yeah. And uh, the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth.ca, or uh, or uh, reach out and and through there you can get our our email coordinates or phone yeah. coordinates. All right, all right, and definitely do that because I think um, I think the the website also shows how different your organization is. I think that's pretty cool. So, um, okay, so anybody else, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, if you haven't hit subscribe, do that now. Um, and uh, we have uh, high performing leaders and uh, athletes and, and people from a whole bunch of different areas that are on um, every week. So definitely go on there, get subscribe, and, and you'll be the first to get it when it comes out each week. Um, the other side is visit uh, www.bigideabigmoves.com. Um, right now, we also have a, um, a big move plan, which basically is a planner that can kind of help work you through some of that thinking around setting goals for the back half of the year. Um, so uh, that's free. So definitely take advantage of that as, as well. Um, otherwise, again, thank you, Tim. Appreciate you coming on today. And uh, we will talk uh, to everybody again on uh, big ideas and big moves. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thank you.